Hey there, my name is Shane Craddock, and this is the Inner Edge podcast, where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable, high-performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress, and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way, and indeed, there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hey there, welcome to today's episode, which I'm calling Driving with the Handbrakes On. And I think uh, this is actually probably more common than than most people realize because it's very often unconscious. And it's certainly something that I see with people that I work with. It's it's certainly something that I watch out for because I know um, it's always low-hanging fruit, I guess, is maybe the phrase. But here's the thing. I mean, there's there's many ways you could interpret driving with the handbrake on as a metaphor. Um, but for me, it's really to do with your thinking. It's really to do with what kind of thoughts you're thinking, actually. So, I mean, to give you some examples, there are three ways people kind of do this. One is on the top level of the surface level is keeping busy. So you can keep really, really busy. And in a way be very, very busy or seemingly busy, but going, but going nowhere fast. And that, that's, what, that's one version of, to me, driving with the handbrakes on. The second thing is, if you don't manage your mood or your energy, you don't realize that you're on a slippery slope down probably into a plateau, maybe even into burnout. Um, but underneath both of those things is the third thing, which is how you're really thinking. Now, I remember the first time I was learning uh, how to drive. I was in a red Ford Fiesta that my mother had in Kilkenny in the southeast of Ireland. And uh, I remember, you know, obviously when you're trying to learn a car that's uh, a gear a gear stick, a non-automatic car like like we all have now, I guess, it, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't necessarily straightforward, certainly in my world. <laughs> um, but I do remember the first time I actually drove with the handbrake on, didn't know the handbrake was on, of course. And car was severely impaired in its performance, but I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on here um, until eventually I had to stop and then look down and realize, oh, the handbrake is is on. So when I took it off, of course, the car was freed up. And I do think that we're like that, that we might think, God, things, I'm just not thinking clearly. Things are kind of dragging. I feel like I'm almost dragging a weight. I'm just not in the zone the way I used to be. And that's something that I hear a lot with people at all sorts of levels and ages and experience. Um, and it's really to do with your thinking. But but that doesn't really make any sense at the start. So I suppose going back to the car analogy, in my mind, most people are driving around in first gear, trying to go 60, 70 miles an hour with the handbrake on mentally. And so that's just not going to work because you're, you're going to rev the engine up in the wrong gear. Eventually, the engine will burn out. You're just not going to get the performance. And I think... We are maybe a bit like a car in terms of that metaphor, but you know, if you keep on burning it like that, your your efficiency is going to drop. Um, things will take longer. Maybe your mood will go up and down erratically. Maybe you're in bad mood. I think that's just the way it is. But it, it isn't really. But that, as a leader or as a person or as a parent, ripples into the people around you. Ripples into your family. Ripples into your colleagues, which is not good for performance. Um, and just talking about burnout, Gallup 
an organization very reputable in terms of the research. Certainly I look at a lot of the research, um, find it very interesting. But they did some research on burnout. I'm looking at stuff here to do with 2018. And they, they did a study of about 7,500 full-time employees and found that 23% of them reported feeling burned out at work very often or always. Um, and an additional 44, 45% reported feeling burnt out sometimes. So that means over two-thirds of full-time workers uh, experience burnout on the job, which is crazy. And I think we've kind of got to a stage now in society where people think it's just part of the job. I will burn out, um, and then I'll, I'll have to reset, <clears throat> do a yoga retreat, or take time out, la, la, la. But really, that that's just asking for trouble, because in my experience, what happens is over time, your overall performance and probably sanity starts to take a hit. So at the center of it, which is why I'm into all of this, because I certainly started off maybe in more of the conventional area and just kept on looking for like what actually does work, though, what's making a difference. And as somebody who did experience burnout, um, I kind of look at, at my mind now as um, all my clients' minds as computers with applications in them, like I have on my MacBook as I'm recording this. And when you overload the MacBook, which actually ironically has only started to happen in the last week, I'm getting these messages saying like your, you know, the data is nearly full and the performance of the computer uh, has been affected. So I do need to obviously clean it up or make some changes. But how do you do that to your mind? Um, but there is a way to do it. But the thing to realize, first of all, is, you know, your, your thinking really has a huge effect um, and keeping busy, as I said, and not managing your energy. But underneath both of keeping busy, and manager energy is really thinking, thought, and the attention you give in particular to certain thoughts. Now, I'm thinking also of one client a few months ago who said to me that, uh, he said, you know, Shane, before I met you, I thought that you were a loser if every minute of the day wasn't loaded with, with activity, with action. And he gave me an example of going for a coffee. Um <laughs> going for a coffee and thinking to himself, well, while I'm walking down to the coffee shop, I should be making three or four calls. When I'm at, I was the guy who said in the coffee line where, you know, he's literally on the phone nonstop, orders while he's on the phone, didn't, doesn't even say thank you. And that was his mindset. Not realizing that actually to me, like that, that's totally driving with the handbrake on because what you're doing is you're shutting off the creativity, the intuition, uh, you're stressing yourself, you're stressing the people around you. That is driving with the handbrake on. You are slowing down your performance, thinking you're doing the right thing, not realizing that the handbrake is on. And that's the thing most people don't realize it's on. Whereas now what he what he's realized is, and this is his own realization because he's seen the difference is, now when he's walking down, he says, no, I leave the phone behind. I want to clear my mind. Why? Because your mind works best when it's clear and relaxed. That is the truth. If you're in optimal performance, your mind... He's generally pretty calm. It's free flow thought. Um, when he's down, he has his coffee. He now talks and see, makes eye contact with the barista. He enjoys the taste. He just spends a few minutes clearing his mind, calming his mind. And what you're doing is you're allowing the deeper part of your mind to, to kind of do the work that it's built to do. Because all of the processing power is in your unconscious mind, not in the conscious mind. And at the moment, the conscious mind for most people is, is completely overloaded just like the RAM and the computer. And so hence, if you find, for example, you're getting tired, you can't remember things, maybe your mind isn't as clear as you'd like, 
maybe you're not thinking at the same level of quality as maybe you did a few years ago, that's just a good sign of, of, of overloading the RAM in your mind. Um, I'm also in a slightly different angle thinking of a of another client a while back who <laughs> they use this phrase, which I love, called pity party. But um, And this person would be, I suppose, quite successful in what they do, but they felt that they were in a rut, stuck in a rut. And I suppose as they shared their story with me, it, you know, it, the story that the way they told it was that there was a few punches that happened in, in business and in life. And they had taken those punches and really internalized them in a way, I think unconsciously, that caused doubt, major doubt in, in themselves. And so they had fallen into what I would call a pity party, feeling sorry for themselves. And it, this, this can happen to the best of the best, by the way. So it's not you know, a, a major flaw if it happens. But the main thing is to see, you know, are you, a pity party is basically a victim mindset. And most people will think, well, I'll never have that. But actually, I mean, I've fallen into it. I've seen the best of the best fall into it. And what we want to get into is more of an ownership mindset. We think, well, no, I'm going to own the situation. But that's also driving on with the handbrake pulled up. You know, the handbrake is on. You don't realize it, but that's all to do with your thinking. You know, <laughs> It's almost like you're looking up at this guy thinking, why me? Why am I so lucky? World, why are you out to get me? And then your mood drops. And I don't know, funny thing is, and I remember seeing research years ago, I can't remember now where it was, but it was when people's mood drops, they tend to have more accidents. They tend to have not be as lucky or maybe more misfortunate. It's a funny thing. So it's really important to become aware that while the situation you might be in, in your mind, isn't the way you want it, you can actually make it much worse by reacting to that, going into a pity party, for example, um, or telling yourself a story that is creating anger, resistance, interference. You know, so you, you do actually create your mood. And a common thing that I often hear from, from uh, clients, which is also another version of this, is like, am I any good? You know, I remember speaking, this, this comes up quite a bit, but one person's coming to mind where they're thinking, they didn't want to say it because they were embarrassed, but... Again, this is a version of thinking that is the handbrake on, where at the back of their mind they're thinking, I don't know if I'm good enough. And I think a lot of people can suffer from this one if they're really honest with themselves. And if you if you have that kind of question at the back of your mind or even that belief or assumption, it can cause a lot of concerns. So, but what, what would happen if you just assume, well, I am good enough, otherwise I wouldn't be where I am? You know, so thoughts can really, really hold you back. They can really hold the engine back, the performance of the car. And sometimes it's just important to kind of bring those questions out into the light, maybe share them with somebody you trust or a mentor or a coach. And say, listen, I, I need to resolve this. Because once you kind of remove that thought from your focus, and a lot of the time, that's what I find sometimes just listening to somebody speak freely without interruption is a great gift because it means that they can actually just hear themselves speak and sometimes that's enough to move them on. So even if you can find somebody who wanted to drop and say, listen, just shut up now for a second, for 10 minutes, let me talk, that can actually be a great gift. And the amount of people that I've heard over the years will say, oh, you know, my CEO is is very difficult. Um, you, you know, you don't know what it's like to work with them. And I'll say, mm, interesting. And I know CEOs can be difficult, but most people can be difficult. And being a CEO isn't an easy thing. It's not to excuse any behavior because sometimes behavior needs to be changed, amended. But you can't change their behavior. All you can change really is your reaction to their to you, to their behavior. 
Um, and I've heard more than once with a client where they would talk about, wow, I'm just talking this out with you and I'm watching my own thinking about this situation. And something profound has just occurred to me. I'm doing this to myself. Like I'm a creator. I'm, I'm creating this myself. Now, this is easy to talk about. It's not so easy to do. And that's why I've got great admiration for anybody who looks to lean into this and say, well, hang on. How am I thinking about this? You know, where could, where could the handbrake be here? I mean, another question that's logical, I think, is, okay, how do you release the handbrake, Shane, in, in terms of yourself? And I think, obviously, you've got to find the right lever or the button and then release it. So, okay, as a human, as a leader, as a person, what can you release? I think you can release whatever you're thinking you're holding on to, you know. So so whatever thinking you are holding on to is just, okay, release it. It's a good starting point. Maybe it could be to write it out, write down, well, what am I thinking here? And instead of looking to justify what you're thinking, well, no, no, I am thinking this because they are an a-hole or they are a certain way or I'm justified, you may not realize that your justification could be the thing that's holding you back. So releasing your inner handbrake, I think, is releasing your attachment to your thinking. You know, I think a practical question actually could be, well, what assumptions are you making? And what, what would happen if those assumptions were incorrect or maybe you just decided to drop them or change them? What if they weren't true? I think a great question about all assumptions is, can you be 100% sure that they're true? Because I don't think you can. And for some people listening to this, I'm hoping it makes sense. For me, it can be a game changer to realize, oh, going back to that uh, that song, you do it to yourself, you do, that's why it really hurts. It, it just comes back to that again. And most people I know do drive with the handbrake on way more than they realize. And maybe it's time to look in that direction and say, well, hang on, what am I thinking? Where is the handbrake here? Do I have the handbrake on? And maybe it's not for one area of your life. Maybe work is fine. Maybe you can look in a different direction. Or maybe I think in, mo in, my, in most cases, you'll find that there is a version of this going on in your work life and most definitely probably in your personal life. It pops up all the time because we're human and our mind's nature is to think. But if you're willing to look in the direction of a handbrake and maybe release it, release your attachment to that thinking, then... Something interesting, interesting happens, just like a car, just like me back in that red Ford Fiesta. <laughs> then you can open the car up, you can take it out onto the motorway, and you can let it rip. And then we can really see what happens, because that's when you start to really show up, bring in the freedom, and you're much more inclined to go into the flow, go into a better state. And that, to me, is the area that I find most fascinating of all. Anyway, that's it for today. Food for thought. Bye-bye.